We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into episode number eight of McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCrady. You might guess that's Tyler Siski with you here on a Monday right at two o'clock, which is, look at us, on time and stuff. How about that? Efficient. We are um, brought to you by Rain. I'll tell you a little bit about our friends at Rain because. 45 minutes. Yeah, 45 minutes. I had minutes. to go ahead and go. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Say. Brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams, natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits, achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel. By the way, yeah, I want to thank all the fans. Uh, Got a report back. I hope my man's listening, Bob Brucato, who's a stud at uh, Monster Energy, who I deal with, uh, called uh, me probably uh, about an hour ago. Yeah. And... He pulled just for shits and giggles. He pulled the. Uh, there's one. There's one. Okay. Uh, pull, pulled the uh, <laughs> the report for I guess the Oxford stores. They had our seven stores in Oxford. Not all of them, but uh, rain up eighteen percent. Sales of rain up eighteen percent in Oxford, Mississippi, for the last four weeks. Who says podcast advertising what? doesn't work? I mean, I try to tell people the way the way to change your business is advertise on a podcast. Dude, that's some coin. Even if it's not our podcast, yeah, podcast, it works. You have a male audience. This is the truth. This is the truth. If you have a male audience, and I know we have a ton of uh, female admirers watching us on, especially at least, at least one, at least one. Um, I can tell you that the that, that podcast advertising is the way to go. It's the way men shop. It's the way men consume information and then process it into their spending habits. Podcasts work. That's it. I'm for it. Podcast work. It does work. The little potato log network that could. That's exactly right, Hardman. <laughs> so I've got uh, Razzleberry again today, which I think I think it's my favorite. That's why I got it. Yeah. Um, 
my store over here by the I by, like about four four of them I really like, but I think this is the one that if you told me you can just have one. I think this is this is me. That's your favorite? I like the gummy bear, the white gummy bear. I like the uh Sherbert you like? I like the Sherbert a lot. Yeah. I I, I mean it, the orange the dream sickle. Orange it's one. way up there. I think I like this one just a little bit more. And then the other one that would be in contention for the top is the uh was it the cherry limeade? Cherry limeade. Those are getting hard to it's find. It's hard to find those. So it might be why this has emerged a little bit is that I've been able to get my hands on this one more than the cherry limeade. Cherry limeade, it would be, it would be an Alabama Ohio State battle with these two. Okay, it, it'd be really close where you could make a legitimate argument for either one. So I guess uh, Bob had sent me a list. I probably need to find it on my text thread. Um, cherry limeade was like the sixth leading sales flavor, and I was like, you can't find it anywhere. I love it. It's one of my favorites. But I'm going with the. Melon Mania, which okay. mixes very well with Cathead Vodka, in case you didn't know that. I'm sure. You probably could even mix the Cathead Honeysuckle in with that and just see what happens. Pretty much anything, I think. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Cathead, so I won't get in trouble today. You got about 45 minutes then. Yeah, about 45 minutes. I got a big day ahead of me. Um, I got to pick up my son from school. Okay. Got to go to his personal training. I lift while he personal trains. Okay. Then I'm coming back. I got to get my steps in, and then I'm going to do the yard. Got a day. Yeah. Got a day ahead. You may need two. Um, one, two. I mean, if I do two, I, I, I'll just I'll just come in here and knock out my mailbag at, at 2 o'clock. Can I just tell you real quick, by the way? Yeah. I, I, I solicit for mailbag questions every Monday, okay. and, and they deliver, and pretty much anything is good. Uh, one of our subscribers... You've known me for a long time, so I'm curious whether you agree with this. I, I, I read it, and I was like, no. And I've got an explanation in my mind. But he says, you've been working in journalism for a while now, but sometimes it seems like you don't want to ask Lane, referring to Lane Kiffin, who I cover, questions in fear it will upset him or something. It's almost, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's almost as if you're trying to stay on his good side. Ask the questions he wants to be asked or he will think is interesting, question mark. Am I completely wrong? Or maybe you've been in the industry long enough to know if there's nothing, if there's nothing there, no need to pry. It just seems like you've never had this approach with coaches in the past. What do you think? <laughs> so how are you going, how are you going to answer that one, boss? Well, there's a lot there. <laughs> there is a lot there. Um, I, I'm, I'm not in fear of of Lane Kiffin. I don't know that I'm on his good side or his bad side. I don't I don't know that Lane does the media thing like that. I actually think he's pretty media savvy, and with local media, I just think he he uses us occasionally as a way to send a message. He do look. He's a human being. Are there are there guys in the local media that I think he likes more than others? Sure, but I don't think he has a relationship with anyone. In I would local be shocked. Media. Yeah, I, I know he doesn't. Um, I mean, I've said this. We've been, I've covered him now going on three years. We've had one twenty second conversation um, in a personal way. Now he's right. been nothing but respectful to me, and I think I've been nothing but respectful to him. But I think what happens is two things. One is I don't really care for that group setting. And so if I have something compelling that I'm wanting to ask, I'm always hesitant to do it because I'm just giving somebody else the same material. Now, I'm not going to get an exclusive with Kiffin, so I might go work on it somewhere else. 
But a lot of times it's, I know he doesn't answer mundane personnel questions, so I'm not going to ask him. And I've, I've asked a lot of big picture stuff in the past, but like on a day like today, there really was no big picture stuff to ask. And so Did you get any quarterback questions today? Not you, but did they come out? You know what? He really didn't get a quarterback question because he sort of nipped it in the bud at the very beginning by saying that of the three quarterbacks, the one that he thought did the best on Saturday was Kincaid Dent, which is another subject entirely. (laughs) But, I mean, he got asked about his dog again, and he was a good sport about it. I mean, uh, all right. Yeah. Um, And he got asked about – and I actually led with this. I used it as yeah. What was your question today? I didn't have one. Okay. I, I don't. He's not going to answer it. I was going to ask about some offensive line stuff, but it got asked, and then I was like, okay, there's nothing else. He already said, hey, we came out of the scrimmage. It was like nobody got hurt. Um, it was kind of a mix in the middle. Saw some things that were exciting to us. Saw some things that we got to work on. Um, you know, we tackled. Um. Kick some balls to the upright. He's basically said, you know, we got a scrimmage again on Saturday, and then we'll build for that. Yeah, there's just nothing to we got another week of camp. I mean, I, and I thought that was, I thought that was his way of saying, like, look, next week, next week, I feel like I could say as a beat writer, all right, you play a game in 12 days, right? Your kids are in school. This now. is the worst week to be you. Yeah, there's nothing to ask. You, your, your, your guys are in school now, a week from now, because Ole Miss classes classes begin at Ole Miss a week from today, Monday the. 22nd worst day of practice in every school in America yeah so he's gonna have a different schedule starting next week but this week they're camping right they're still doing camp 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 they'll scrimmage on Saturday they'll probably do very little on Sunday and then they'll get into a routine game week routine on Monday a little bit next week will be that weird awkward week where you're not real ready, not getting ready for a game, but you're not in camp anymore. They'll, they'll start cranking up probably Wednesday. Yeah, so I'll ask him next week if if I can get to the microphone. That's the other thing is we're in this room where the microphone. Where if you are on, because y'all are in a different place now, right? Yeah, we're in the halftime team meeting room. <laughs> How the acoustics in there, boss? Uh, egregious. <laughs> Two old misses everlasting credit. The people that 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 have they have done a phenomenal job of making it as good as it can be. Oh, it's, but it's, like I already dread post game when people are. I, I would assume oh. the team meeting room is not available. Post game when we're all crammed in there and it's so loud and people are leaving the stadium and stuff's going on like the mowers and all that stuff. I mean, I'm gonna beg. Can you please ask the mower people just to wait for this to end? So for people that don't know, it's a completely it's a cinder block room, is what it is, and there are no and hopefully they put some sound boards in there or something, but. It used to drive me nuts. You would go in there and you'd be in one corner of the room trying to talk to somebody. Yeah. And then somebody would be talking about defensive line and it sounded like they were in your ear. And you'd turn around, they'd be across the room. It's it's one of those uh it, it's it's complete chaos in there because one person talking takes over the whole room. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's it. I don't there's no fear of I mean I'm I've been doing this so long that I can't imagine being afraid of a coach. Yeah, I don't think you'd be. I, I wouldn't. I You've wouldn't known throw, me for yeah, a while. Yeah, I wouldn't say you're afraid. I'll go ahead and answer that for you. The, the hard part, I think, for you guys is, especially in a time like this, there's not anything to talk about. Well, and some of the young guys, this is going to come across as a criticism, and it's not. I'll do it. What do you want to say? Well, some of the young guys' reporters are asking questions to ask questions. Correct. And so I, 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 don't, I don't really go into it that way. Um, 
Right, next week, again, to finish my thought, next week I'll be able to press a little. Like, hey, do you know if you play if you played a game today, do you know who you would play at quarterback? Even if he's not going to tell me who. If, I, I would, I, it's getting that time. He would, yeah, because if the answer to that question is, I'm not sure, well, that's not good. And if the answer to that is, yeah, pretty much no, then the follow-up is, you know, What's stopping you from announcing it? What is, and that's not a, a trick question, but you know what prevents you from answering that? And it might be as simple as, you know, I want to look at it for another couple of days, or I, I want to make sure that I sit down and talk to everybody involved, and we're all on the same page. We establish communication, whatever the case may be. But I feel like I could press with an answer with the question a little bit. But today, when he goes, you know, we had a scrimmage, did some good things, did some not so good things. It was kind of in the middle. Got work to do. Got another week. Got a whole another week of camp before we, you know, this time next week. We'll... It's a big week. Yeah. So when he Everywhere. says that, right, when he, when he gives you the truth, and I kind of felt like the truth, when he gives you the truth, why am I going to go so, I know you said that, but if you had, now I'm just, now I'm being a jerk and I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful to someone in general, I'd like to finish the sentence there, but certainly to someone who's being respectful to me. I mean, he comes in, he gives us time, he answers our questions. He's been a lot better this year hmm. with with media, with opening up a little bit. Like today, he got this question about his dog's Instagram account, and you could tell he kind of wanted to go, come on, guys. But he played along. He goes, you, you guys do know I don't do that's, that. And that's where I would have been a really bad head coach. He's, so me and Matt Luke used to laugh all the time because the questions. he thinks just like I do. I mean, I'm talking about that's why we're such good friends. But he has so much tact and will think through the politically correct way to say things. Yeah. And I'm just the opposite, as you can't tell. Right. If you can't tell. So, yeah, that was uh, – he would always give the politi- politically correct answer, and I would be like, dude, just say it. I didn't say it that time. <laughs> you did. By the way, I got, a, I got my report card back. How'd you do? According to my mother. You dropped from 36 to, let me I guess. I was at 35. 35, I'm going to guess 22. 18. 18. You cut it in half. I cut it in half. But here's the trick. As I was like, well, I said, I probably, I dropped the F-bomb one time. So I should get, I probably, she goes, you didn't say the F-word. And I was like, <laughs> snuck her in there. Yeah. She didn't boy. hear the F-bomb. So, yeah, 18. Oh, Liverpool is on right now. Uh, well, then tell me what channel that is. I'm, I'm Are you serious right now? I'm totally gotten into English Premier League. That's the most soccer is the most communist sport there is. Well, I would I would expect you to say something about soccer. That's about right. <laughs> Just because he's he's Chelsea picked. Tottenham yesterday was an intense. You're, you're speaking match. a foreign language to me right now. Like so, this is English. We 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 stole their language. It's English. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. You still got you still rolling with DirecTV, huh? Yeah, it's on USA. Okay, That's what's your I, bill a month? It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. I get all the packages. Well, the best thing I ever did was switch to streaming TV, YouTube TV. Not a sponsor, by the way. I'm just saying it. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm our bill dropped like two hundred bucks a month. I think I was paying like two seventy nine a month or something crazy, close to three hundred dollars a month for DirecTV. And knocked it down to 50 bucks. Got Liverpool and Crystal Palace here in the 14th minute. No score as we get rolling. Yeah, Weldon makes a good point. You watch NASCAR. Fair. That's, I mean, it's completely uh, fair. It's, it's very fair. 
I mean, it, it really is. It's hey, a- Weldon, kiss my ass. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's get into. So let, we'll, we'll touch on this. You went to the Ole Miss scrimmage. We're not going to do a whole yep. lot of this because this is not going to be an Ole Miss show. I'm going to get you on later to get okay. into more details. Your your son plays football at OHS. He had a scrimmage early on uh, Saturday. He wanted to go to the Ole Miss scrimmage, so you took him. So you watched some football. I know you it's know a what hard decision, by the way. It was an awkward decision. I'm sure it was. Things you do for your kids. But you you know enough football to uh, to make some observations. You yep. and even for you, it's just one practice. It's just one thing. So you would yeah. But what did you see in particular at quarterback? At quarterback, so um, yeah, I don't know we're going to talk about this. So for me, it's if to make a quarterback decision based on what you're seeing for whatever ninety minutes, wherever it was. I mean, they've been doing it. I mean, look, Lane knows what he's doing. You know. He's he sees them for two weeks and he's gonna make his decision based on the whole picture. Sure. Uh he, but, and he very much knows quarterbacks. Yeah, if he doesn't know anything, be, he yeah, knows quarterbacks. He'll right? be okay. Right. Um but from what I saw, if you just said, Hey, what's your take on it, watching it for the ninety minutes I watched it, I don't even know why we're having a debate. I don't even know what the discussion's yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even particularly and it's not because and I will say this too, I wanna I'd like to if we could and we'll talk about it later on in and other stuff, but I would have my expectations tempered a little bit because neither one of these guys are Matt Corral. And to say, and, sure, and, and, and to to Lane's credit, he has said that consistently. But I don't think they listen. They, they don't. They well, they here's what they hear, and 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 I get it with fans. I do this with. I watch my son do it with Chet Holmgren and the Thunder. Right, Chet Holmgren has a chance to be a generational talent, but he's not Kevin Durant. Well, and he, and he, but yeah. but if he's if he's ever going to be Kevin Durant, it's not happening now, right? Right. This first, he's going to suck as a rookie. Like he's going to get abused as a rookie. That doesn't mean that he won't he won't be a great player. I do think Dart has a chance to be a really good player down the road, which means yeah. that he can do some things now. But I do think if Jackson wins the job, and I'm like you, I think he's probably going. to. I don't even know what like I don't even know what the discussion's about. But if 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 Jackson Dart's going to be Ole Miss's quarterback, to me, there's it's it's pretty much inevitable that he is going to have some moments as a first-year yeah. player where he does some stuff where you're like, oh, that's not good. Yeah, so he he looked, to me, he looked comfortable. Um, we were talking about, I had, uh, we were talking about, I had a couple of guys I worked with that went. And to me, it appeared like, and this is, again, one practice. So sure. don't go, sure. you know, I know the fans can be the fans. This is one practice. It appeared to me that Jackson Dart looked like a guy trying to win the job, and Luke Altmyer looked like a guy trying not to lose the job. You thought Luke was indecisive. I thought Luke was indecisive. I thought he um, there were some times, and look, I will say this too: he wasn't getting much help. There's some depth issues out there. Again, I want to temper expectations. You know, I know there's a lot of expectations because of what they did last year. This is a brand new team, and fans need to. It'll be fine. Just everybody relax. Let them finish the season. Let them do what they're going to do with everybody, every team. But I would have my expectations tempered a little bit. Um, there's some depth issues on several positions. Now, I will say this. The two positions I really liked was the running back position. I think it's very deep. They have four dudes there. Probably the best running back room in the history of Ole Miss football. Probably so. I, mean, I, I, I can't think I don't, of one. I don't – I mean – I don't know the history of the program as, as well as As far as I can people. remember, and again, I was reminded the other day that I apparently don't understand the history of this place, even though I worked here and, and you know, my living came from here. But 
I will say, the, of my knowledge of the program yeah. in my lifetime, it's the best one I think they've had total room. Um, and the thing that was a, a little bit impressive to me is defensive line wise, they don't have a dude that and, you're going to go. And this was Cedric Johnson not playing. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. They don't have a dude that you're like, oh man, I don't know how we're going to block this guy. But the thing they do have is depth. Yeah. Okay. So what I mean, and that's that's just as important as having dudes. Sure. Because now those guys, you keep rolling in fresh guys, and as a collective group, I think they're going to be very effective. Now, you may not have a superstar, but as a collective group, I was very impressed with the depth at uh, defensive line. Yeah, they've got a lot of guys there. It's not just bodies. A lot of guys who can do different things. A lot of above-average players. And I'll I'll say this. I I don't know him. I've I've never really met him yet, but everyone raves about Randall Johnson, the Joiner, I should say, Randall Joiner, the the defensive yeah, line know. coach. He he is is obviously a very good recruiter. Kids like him, but he obviously is also a pretty good technician defensively because you see some of these guys getting better in a short period of time. You know, you, you can see incremental improvement. Uh, the job that he's doing with JJ Pegues is is really impressive. I mean, JJ has gone from being a project to a guy who. Uh, can absolutely play defensive line at this level to a guy that I think, and Lane Kiffin said this the other day, has a chance to be a, a big-time player there. We'll dive into all yeah, that we'll stuff another time. Um, all right, you sent me something. I thought this was interesting. Uh, Yahoo, let me get to the right. Come on, the coach's hot seat? Yeah. <laughs> we'll start here. Your last year in coaching, you were you were on a hot seat. Not really. Not until it was over. <laughs> was on a hot seat for about a week all right so take <laughs> so take me through that season you see i always thought that entire season you guys uh, were I, I i did think it was a hot seat year and i can only go by what we were told i mean right from the people that's supposed to be making decisions you know i didn't think i thought we had another year regardless um that's why i was you know recruiting the way i was recruiting <laughs> you know i'm not a complete dumbass that's true i'm gonna try to cut it down to inside 10 today mom but um you know, if you got other plans, let your boy know so we can try to fix it ahead of time, right? Because um, it does make a difference. Would you have approached that year differently? Yeah, yeah. In what way? <laughs> Get some dudes that can answer the the questions now, and not, instead of two years from now. You know, that's the that's the deal. Because you thought you were building. My first year, yes. One signing class, yes. I would, I would, I would count that as yes. I would. Part of the reason I agreed to do the job and the jump is because it was on the front end of a deal. Um, but. You know, it is what it is. But I can say this. I do sleep well at night. I don't know how many – on two different occasions. I was here twice with two different coaches. Yeah. Every kid I ever recruited to Ole Miss played in the Sugar Bowl. That's true. So I don't know how many people can say that. Not many. But – You mean history of Ole Miss? history of Ole Miss. <laughs> Not, and with two different coaches, with probably, two different staffs. Yeah, you'd so, have to get back into the 60s, I'm guessing. But, you know, I was trying to build and trying, really trying to do the same model as I was doing the first time. Um or similar model, not the same, but a similar. Um, and it worked the first time, and I was going to try to do it again where you uh, – but only got one class into it. But anyway, that that job was a little bit different the last time because I really did not – I knew we had to do do better in 2020. I didn't know that. But um, I, didn't, I thought we were good as of 11 a.m. on the day we got fired. So we can talk about that later. Well, at some point, I'd like to dive into that day. Might need some cat head. That was a yeah. That might be a hey. Let's let's open a bottle. Yeah, because the truth shall set you free. 
that was a crazy that was a crazy weekend <laughs> crazy for you <laughs> yeah i know i know i well i mean i know because i i remember talking to you oh, yeah throughout that weekend and you were fine until you weren't yeah at 11 a.m on the day we got fired i was we were perfectly good well, and on that day, because I miraculously, because if I, because I kind of shut got it, on a plane. I know you did. I kind of shut it down that day on a school plane, by the way, yeah. that they were paying for, that they knew you were going, on. that they knew I was going. Huh? Y'all didn't steal it. No, didn't steal it. Something, something happened in those six and a half hours. Hmm, wonder what that could be. Well, it, and it was three days after your last game. Hmm. Look at those wheels turning. So you have an Ole Miss podcast. I don't. Well, I, no, <laughs> I've been very frank about it. I mean, I, <clears throat> I was mm. that Saturday. I felt like it was possible, and I think I told you that that night. You and I had a conversation about it. And what night was that? The Saturday night, less than twenty four hours okay. before it happened. And then on Sunday, what I was told that morning independent of anyone on that staff was that no uh nothing's going to happen they're getting more time next year's going to be big but yeah they're going to get more time and dude i kind of shut it down like it yeah, was me a, too i got on a plane it was a sunday and i had already written 10 weekend thoughts because Ole miss had played on thursday night and i was done and i was i was like I was going to turn on the NFL and chill out a little bit. And then I guess I got a call, and I don't remember the whole detail. Again, I'll have to think back. We'll, we'll do a show on it. Sometime. Yeah, we'll do a show on it. I but will I, answer. But I got a call like at 2 o'clock that, hey, you need to be on alert. And then by 4.30, 5 o'clock. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I will answer Leif Benson. Can Tyler say who he was recruiting when he found out? I, we had just left um, – uh, what's the kid's name? Weldon's in here. He'll have to help him remember. The kid that went to Vanderbilt that's playing, DeRicky Wright. Yeah. We went to DeRicky Wright's house, left here at about 11, flew there, saw him. He was committed? He was committed. Okay. Um, kid, I think he's starting safety or something at Vandy. Um, and then had a, I want to say it was a 7 o'clock, 6.30 or 7 o'clock home visit with Robbie Ashford. Yeah. And we were at Full Moon Barbecue when the phone rang. You get me liquored up, I'll tell you the rest of the story. Well, we'll do that. We'll definitely do that sometime. It was that was a day. That was, that was I can't a, that even I can't even imagine that day from your perspective. Yeah. There's some there were some things uh I lost a lot of respect for some people that day. Sure. Because they lied to me straight in my face. Sure. I'll leave it at that. No, I understand. Um at eleven o'clock. Do you think something, obviously something changed. There was something financially changed, yeah. obviously. So that 19.3 reasons why. But do you think at 11 o'clock the people who sent you on the road had any idea that that was coming in the next six hours? Uh, yeah, I had to get liquored up. I guess I don't want to, well, I don't want to put you in that position. I know that sounds crazy. I don't know how much of it you actually know. Um, I'll tell you off the air. I know you know some of it. Yeah, I've told I, know you, I've shared. I know a good bit of it. Publicly, though, I would be, there are some people that have made a public stance that's not accurate. 
and I don't want to. Uh, I just want to let bygones be bygones. I understand. But there's things that are out there publicly that the fans think happen and shit like that. It's not true. Like 100%. Like that's, you know what, that's, that'll change your mind on things when people take a stance publicly on things and me and them both know that they're lying. Yeah. But I can't say anything because I'm the bitter guy, right? I can just say anything, any coaching search that involves Matt Luke has been awkward, which is odd because Matt, Matt's one of the best guys in the business or formerly in the business. The stud. The, the year he was the interim coach, I was told all year, all year. You weren't here. You were no, at, I was at South Alabama. South Alabama. I was told the whole year, hey, um, he's not getting it. He's not a candidate. Don't losing respect for somebody. Um, <laughs> to the point that I remember, I will we'll touch this quickly. We'll do the we'll do the we'll do the old Miss coaching search another day. But I will touch this quickly because it was it was fascinating. How much cat head you got back there? Uh, I've got some. <laughs> um, you gonna need a lot, but I, I'm not doing it today. And this would not be a good time to start pouring it How down my gullet. You go pick up your son in Uber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go to the gym, all right, okay, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then mow the yard. Yeah, not not a good idea. Um, I I did a story in it was the weekend that uh, Ole Miss played at Kentucky. It was the game that DK Metcalf, yeah, great game. DK Metcalf caught the game winner. I actually watched that one touchdown. So it was early November, and I did a story where I talked to a whole bunch of people about the Ole Miss job, under the premise of. Hey, I'm going to give everybody anonymity because it went from I can't talk. You talk people at Ole Miss, or no, you talk to in the no, business. I talk to people in coaching, I agents, um, all sorts of stuff. Talk to a lot of people about the Ole Miss job on the condition of anonymity, and as you can imagine, it went from uh, you know it's a good job, whatever, to people really telling me what they thought. And before I ran the story, and I ran it on that Saturday morning, and before I ran it. I reached out and said, hey, look, I'm not writing about Matt Luke here. Is there any chance Matt gets the job? No. No. No chance. So I don't even write about him. Did the they, the week of – <laughs> Well, I think Matt and them were probably a little irritated. No, I'm talking about did your, did your people on your message board get mad at you? No. No, I think that – you know, I think they respected my – journalism and I also think the people on there that know me know that believe it or not I always laugh at the people who go he's an asshole right because I'm you yeah because people call you an asshole oh yeah sure because I think some people know I'm kind of aloof and stuff and so they think that's the truth is I'm not in my in my history as a human being I haven't been enough of an asshole if I had been more of an asshole I probably would be even more successful than I than I was (laughs) I'm just being honest. Isn't it funny, though? Have you yeah. Ever, like, I try to tell people all the time, if you look at successful people, do you know that people have an opinion of those people as being an asshole? Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. How many nice guys you know are successful? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Not many. I think you get run over. You get ran over. So that that month, I was so conscious of, I didn't want to write about this guy that I like as a person and put him on a list and talk about him if I knew that he wasn't getting the job. Yeah. Like, I don't. I wouldn't want somebody to talk about me like if I applied for a job as the Atlanta Braves beat writer and there's someone's doing a story on the You fight. actually thought you were doing him a favor. Yeah, I, I thought I was being respectful. Right. And so the week... Ole Miss lost to Texas A&M on a Saturday night. The half-full crowd, Tommy Tuberville did the halftime hotty toddy. It was a disaster. And I came home that night, and they got all these calls, and everything was about Dave Doran. And I wrote about Dave Doran and subsequently found out on Monday morning that I was on to something, that Dave Doran was the guy. So this is Monday of the last week? Monday of the last week. Okay. And then I asked the question on that Monday. I said, is there any way Matt gets this job? No. I said, what if Ole Miss wins? Well, they're not going to win. Well, what if they do? Football's crazy. You never know what's going to happen. Especially that game. Yeah, I said, football's crazy. Upsets happen. What if? Well, we'd still do the right thing. Okay. I took him off the hot board. I took him off the hot board. Ole Miss wins the game. That was the game, uh, the quarterback, and I can't think of his name, broke his leg. Breland Speaks has the famous gif waving at Dan Mullen. The whole Football. Football games happen. That was when the dog peeing incident got you a job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. DK Metcalf yeah. did the dog. Yeah. yeah. Crazy it world. It got you a job. Two years later, a different guy does it, and you lose your job. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it's a crazy world. Crazy world we live in. But so imagine my sense on that Sunday when I when Matt Luke gets the job, and I realize, okay, now I've got to cover this guy who I'm sure thinks that I have completely disrespected him. And so Matt called me on Monday morning. And I, I was honest with him. I said, I want to tell you this. You need to know this. I said, you, you can dislike me or whatever, but 
the reason your name wasn't on our hot board the last few days is because I was told that you were not getting the job. I asked repeatedly. It wasn't disrespect. I was trying to actually trying to be respectful because my daughter and his niece were and still are great friends. I mean, his daughter went up to Fayetteville and spent not Matt's daughter, Matt's niece, Tom's daughter. Yeah, they're buddies. Yeah, I mean, I the last thing I wanted to do was be disrespectful. I, I know his, I know Matt's parents. They're super great people. I mean, I I knew I knew I didn't know Matt as well as I knew you know Tom and and Tom's wife because Tom's wife and my wife went to countless dance things together, right? Yeah. You know, when they were in the same dance company yep. or whatnot. So anyway, just it was an awkward deal. It was just a crazy deal all around. The co- coaching searches, people are like, people are, what are coaching searches like? And the answer is, well, they're great as long as you don't know any of the people involved yeah, in it personally. That's the hard part, I guess, that even I still get frustrated about this last one with Matt, and I get frustrated, you know, across the years it's gone on. But And we've talked about it before, but it's not a game to the people involved. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and all it, the staffs and families. And, and look, and sure. the people can get, you know, there's still people that give Matt shit about, and there's always going to be people like that. But if, again, I'm going to need a lot more Cathead Vodka, but. Crystal pe- Palace has a lead. Wow. Yeah, you got me on that one. Okay, um, sorry. But I want people, I mean, if people knew how much he loved this place and what, Everybody on that staff, whether you like them or you don't, and people like and don't like people based on their success on the scoreboard. Sure. And how much of their life they gave up to make sure that you were happy on Saturday when you went home. You know what I mean? It's, and it's like, why I always said about Matt and the Ole Miss job, because you would have all these people that would say, and, I, and listen, I, there was too many of them that said it for me not to believe it, that, hey, this guy's got a chance to be a star in the business. Probably the – yeah, go ahead. And I would hear that, and the – and I, I remember telling you this one day, and I think because of the way I said it, I don't even think you got mad at me. I said, that's kind of the shame of this. And you're like, what do you mean? And I said, well, if you're going to be a star one day, damn, I wish he would go someplace, get started, and then come here as an established entity without all the trash. Yeah. And because I told you, I said, my fear from Matt is that he turns into Ole Miss's Mike Shula. Yeah, and the problem is is that you don't have – and you, like you got to look at it the other way too, right? Is there's, You don't just pick and choose the jobs you get. Well, and it's why Lane Kiffin took the USC job when he left Tennessee. I mean, Lane, I think if you were to ask Lane today, hey, what's your one career regret? I think it's, it's very clear it's I would not have left Tennessee. Well, no, I mean, just like you look at from Matt's standpoint, being an offensive line coach, right? those guys don't get a lot of opportunities to be right. football coaches. That's why so many people in the coaching business cheer for Sam Pittman. Right. right. You sure. just don't have that opportunity. And then all of a sudden you get you get one <laughs> for that kind of money yeah. offered to you. You're not going to be like, well, I'm not re- – you know, Oh, of course not. You know, no, 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 you no gotta, I wasn't judging. you got to take them when yeah. you can get them. But I was at, just saying if you could if, – if the football gods could have controlled it, yeah. right? Matt, Matt takes that interim year at Ole Miss – Turns it into a head coaching job at South Alabama, Louisiana Tech, Arkansas State, wins, and then gets the Ole Miss job down the road. I mean, if the football and, and gods could have designed it more cleanly. Yeah, and it's just hard for me to convey because I understand. I, I mean, I was here. I get it, right? Yeah. It was the best staff the last year we had. We had Rich Rod, we had Mike McIntyre, P. 
Peeler, D Nicks. We had the Calvin McGee guy, rest his soul. I don't know if y'all talked about that on the podcast before, yeah. but um, the best overall staff, um, Jeff Koontz, and we had Summer on for a little while, obviously, but just the best overall staff I've ever worked with. And you just, it was bad timing, man. Yeah. Which we're fixing to get into. But um, it was, it was bad timing. And it we just, were doing things the right way. We were, we were building the program the right way. Um, we just never got to, and that's probably the most, what I do for a living, probably the most frustrating part is when I'm at the house watching the guys that I recruited to do that, do it with somebody else, and you don't get to enjoy sure. the benefits of your, sure, fruits of your labor. Sure, I understand. All right, let's talk about coaches that are on the hot seat today. All right. And the one that first comes up, and he's on it, is uh, Scott Frost at Nebraska. Scott Frost, Tyler, That's an interesting one. Scott Frost won really big at UCF. I he mean, did. people can go well. Lots of people win there big. Okay, but he did. I mean, he won really big at UCF. Why has he been unable to get it going at Nebraska? Well, I think, it, and we're going to talk about another guy here in a minute with Jeff Collins. Is they were going, they were going through a complete system overhaul, right? I mean, what he wants to do, recruiting those kind of athletes. Um, they're going through a complete system overhaul, and it goes back to what we were just saying a minute ago. Is something happened about ten years ago that nobody has time anymore? You know, if you look back, you when you used to get a job, you were like, okay, we're here for five years. Yeah, four minimum. Like, go back and look at one of the most interesting things, and I don't, I don't know if I can do it. You may can do it. One of the most interesting things is to look at um, uh, Frank Beamer's record at Virginia Tech when he first got there. Like, look at Frank Beamer's record at Virginia Tech. I don't know how many years it was before he started winning, but if that was in today's environment, he doesn't – he's not there. I mean, I'm going to see if I can pull it up. I don't know if you can. So, um, But his record at Virginia Tech, I mean, he was like five, six years in before he had a win. I mean, it was something crazy. Um, but, you know, it was um, – Hardman, another story for another day, brother. That wasn't. That's not all. Uh, yeah, I stayed away from that. You stayed away from that one. Yeah, that's uh, that's just, not all uh, surface. Um, there's pulling, more to that story. I'm pulling up his records at. Okay, here we go. So Frank Beamer's first season. Nice no, bowl games. Never mind. Hold on, I'm fine with that. Still looking. Keep you can keep talking. All right. So yeah. So oh, here we go. Here we go. All right. Go here ahead. We go. Frank Beamer's first he, – he was the coach at Murray State for six seasons. Okay. And then he landed the Virginia Tech job in time for the 1987 season. Yep. What was his record in 87? two and nine. Okay. 88? Three and eight. 89. Six, four, and one. 90. Six and five. 91. Five and six. All right. Now, Here's the shocker. Here's the shocker is that if – you would think that, boy – you're hanging on by a thread, right? And then in '92, two, eight, and one, including one and four in '87, '88, '89, '90, '91, '92. That's six years. In his sixth year, he goes what? Two, eight, and two, one. Two, eight, and one. Yep. All yep. right. So let, let's be let's have an honest conversation here. If that is in today's time, is Frank Beamer still the head coach? No, He's not even close. No, because he would have. So Frank Beamer would have in today's era. Would have rolled a two and nine and a three and eight and gone into the next season on the hottest of hot seats. And then he goes six, four, and one. So he hangs on, right? Yep. Then he goes six and five and he's hanging on. Maybe though. Maybe. It's close. Yeah. And then he goes five and six. And, and frankly, that gets him fired. Yeah. You don't go to a bowl game, you're you're gone. But if someone had said, No, we're gonna give him another year. 
the two eight and one would have gotten him fired, the AD fired, and, every, and everybody else who yeah you would everybody associated with the program. Hell, the basketball coach may have been fired. But then after that, starting in '93, listen to this roll. Yeah, nine and three, eight and four. 10 and 2, 10 and 2. I'm leaving out bowl games, by right. the way, guys. I, they, they, every one of these are bowls. 7 and 5, 9 and 3, 11 and 1, 11 and 1, uh, 8 and 4, 10 and 4, 8 and 5, 10 and 3, 11 2, 10 3, 11 3, 10 4, 10 3, 11 3, 11 3, yeah. before he slipped a little bit starting in 2012. So I guess my point of the drill is this is that used to, used to have five years, right? At least. And everybody was so slow to yeah, move on and, and all that stuff and gave you time. You don't have that anymore. Now, and Scott Frost is the reason we're discussing this, right? So Scott Frost, to me, I actually think Nebraska is patient. I think if he was anywhere else, he would have been gone probably last year. Yeah, he's he's their guy. He's their guy. Nebraska's different. Yeah. All right. But And we talked about it when we talked about the, uh, the Big Ten earlier is – Whatever they were ultra competitive last year, and they were. I, I'm. I think they're going to be better. I think he does enough to keep his job. Now, what is that? I don't know. But Nebraska kind of burned themselves after uh, what's uh, Frank Solich. You know, when yeah. they they went from Tom Osborne to Frank Solich. Yeah. And they fired Frank Solich after winning like nine games. And then he went to he went to Ohio and and did well. Yeah, did and really made well. Look stupid because they were losing while he was winning. But they haven't won since he left. No. They've gone through, you know, Bill Callahan, uh, what's my guy's name, uh, Bo Pelini, yeah. Scott Frost. I think those are only three maybe. I think there's three, been three there. But at the end of the day, I think they're going to be better. And I think that – and the, here's the other thing is Trev Alberts is the AD there. They played together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a – he's going to have ample time. I think they're doing – they're very cultish, I think, a little bit up there. Okay. I've never been. I don't know yeah. anything about Nebraska. It's, it's Other different. than when I was a kid, they were an elite superpower. Yeah. Um, they recruit different. It's a different deal. Like I can remember the Nebraska-Oklahoma games and the Nebraska-Miami games. Were, those were must-see television. Yeah. Um, I think they do enough to, uh, to keep his job this year. I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't think it's some astronomical number. I think if he wins seven, I think he goes to the bowl game, I think he's safe. I think probably seven keeps him safe. Herm Edwards, Arizona State. He's on the hot seat for a couple of reasons. One, he's getting older. Two, he's got the NCAA thing that kind of hung over them. Kinda. A lot over them. I mean, there. Where's the NCAA on this one? They have no teeth anymore. No, but I'm talking about of all the stuff. They, they, they have no teeth. I mean, we got coaches using their own freaking receipts for travel. I mean, credit cards and stuff. I mean, shouldn't that be a good job, Arizona State? Oh, Billy loved it. So, you know, Billy Napier was the OC out there bef- yeah. before. Who was he with? Who was the head coach? Ty Graham, I think, was the head coach. I yeah. think. I don't remember. Yeah. But before Billy became the head coach at ULL, um, he was the OC out there. So he left Alabama to go out there. And I remember we used to – you probably – I've sent you a couple texts messing with you. But amongst my buddies, anytime we're doing something fun, instead of working hard, we'll send a text or something. And so his first weekend out there, he's at the uh, – the waste management open at TPC Scottsdale, and he's at the 16th green, you know, or 16th hole with all the and the right above the tee box drinking uh, water. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and he goes, could be doing a junior day in Tuscaloosa, <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know. Um, but uh, no, he said it's amazing. He loved it out there. He loved his time out there. But they they have uh, really 
I'm so interested to see what the NCAA does with Arizona State because it's not a blue bud. It's not in the heart of the SEC. It is in the Pac-12 and all that stuff. But you talk about some violations. I mean, dude, if that happened in the SEC, Oof. I mean, dude, what are people going to jail? FBI would come get them. They did some bad things. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious but to see what I, happens. I see with... no – I think – and all their players left because I know the sanctions are coming. All their players left. They're starting quarterbacks at LSU now. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a long year for my man, Herm Edwards, which is a great dude, by the way. I got a chance to meet him. He came and visited at Tuscaloosa. Um, I spoke to the team. I mean, he, he's an impressive person. Um, but, yeah, I think it's all she wrote. All right. That gets us to an SEC one that's on the hot seat. And this is one where, frankly, we probably – we're going to be dancing a little bit because I, I won't dance. I think both of us know things about this job. Um, Brian Harson at Auburn. I'm not dancing. Okay. I've I said, I think it's the same thing happened when you covered them. I think they tried to do a coup. It did not work. Um, I think the players and the, and have galvanized behind them. Same thing happened with Tuberville. I mean, he was out the door too. Um, and here comes uh, Bobby Petrino was going to be the head coach at Auburn. And they tried to run Tuberville out. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Look, I, I, I've said I mean, the same fl- thing. They flew to Louisville. I mean, our friend Jay Tate's the one that broke that story. That, that about, On Bobby Louder's plane? Yeah, Jetgate. 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 So, but for me. Everything's I, a gate. I know Grind's in here. Grind, I got to tell you, I'm going to update you too, Grind, here in a second. So, um, but look, he is a hell of a ball coach. One of the best X's and O's guys that are out there. Brian Harson. Brian Harson mm-hmm. is. And he knows, he does it different. Okay, and it's really the old heads at Alabama. I mean, at Auburn, are pit. That's not how we've been doing it around here, you know. And but you're going to get that when you hire from outside your your family. And they went outside and got an outside, you know, a quote unquote outsider. They forced him to hire a couple of coaches that he didn't want to hire. So he miraculously said, "Okay, if you're going to fire my ass, let me at least let me do it with my guys." And so he's going to hire his guys. He's going to go in there. And he's going to do it now. It's starting to sound like T.J. Finley is going to be his quarterback. All right, so yeah, can, so Brian, can, can can Auburn can T.J. Finley lead Auburn to eight wins? Yeah. So I was told last week, like literally, like as of Wednesday, was somebody that should know um, that T.J. Finley's all but out of it, and he was. And then Saturday happened, and the other two struggled mightily. Um, Calzada, and, Calzada, and, and, and Robbie Ashford, and your boy Robbie, and he said that T.J. Finley came out like the Undertaker, just ran, come up out of the, came up out of the coffin. And went down the field. Now he's he's back to he's back to life. But um, and then I was also brought up the point. You said you got to remember, you know, T.J. Finley took all those reps with the ones during spring practice, and that that's going to mean something. He's got the confidence of the right guys. So uh, so look for T.J. Finley to come up. Come, he's making a comeback. Uh, it'll be a big week on the planes. Um, and then Saturday is going to be the you've got to make a decision coming on Saturday. But T.J., I'm sorry, Grind. I, I hate that I, I let you down, but I'm just. Updating y'all. I'll call a spade a spade. If that job opens <clears throat> up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't. you didn't. Hold on, hold on. You didn't. Hold on. I'm not, I'm not. not. You didn't. We're supposed to be having that conversation told, off the air. I told you we're dancing. Okay. We're dancing. This is this is a dance. You you screwed right. up the dance. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I was rookie. trying to I was trying to lead you. I couldn't help it. I about choked myself. I was trying to lead you uh, and and you're 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 fighting. Might take it, you know, right step back and rookie. Like, you're, yeah. Rookie move. If that job opens up in the midst of let's let's say Alabama's as good as everybody thinks Alabama's going to be. You've got Alabama one rival wins a title, then another rival Georgia wins a title, and then let's say Alabama wins the title. So you okay. got, you're just surrounded by titles. 
how it, I know it's I know it's Auburn. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of tradition. Three Heisman's, national titles, the whole deal. How attractive is that job today? Whew. Um, I mean, it's attractive. I think you. But here's the thing. I was going to bring this up when we we're talking about this hot list, hot seat. You got to be very careful when you're firing coaches. Now we've added a whole nother element to this deal. I know because everybody can bolt. All right, you can bolt, but here's the other thing is if I'm a coach and you're trying to, you know, get me to take your job, what is my NIL? You better have your NIL better be in order and working. And theirs isn't right now. And and the, here's the thing, and I will say this about Auburn, is Auburn does have NIL working, but the problem is, <laughs> see if this doesn't sound familiar to you, you have two different collectives, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to take credit for whatever guy is. Okay? Sure. Instead of somebody needs to get in there and say, hey, guys, look, we're all on the same team here. All right, just so you can go to your to the box and brag because you bought this player. Oh no, this collective wants to brag because they bought this player. We're all on the same team here, so that's why I don't. I can't. You know, if you're at a school that has multiple collectives, that's a disaster waiting to happen. I mean, it is because every collective wants to take credit for getting the player. Now, why do they want to do that, Neil? Why does this collective want to take credit? Because if this collective is getting all the good players, then when are all the where are all the businesses sending their money? They're going to send their money to that collective. Well, this guy that's running the collective is getting ten percent of that of that money. I mean, it's like it's it's what are we doing? We're on the same team, and you actually got universities that their collectives are competing against each other. Now, I think they're trying to get that uh, corrected down mm-hmm. the plains. Yep, but that's a problem, and it's been a problem. Um, and every every single one that does that, that's. That's why you got problems when you do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if let's let's say it doesn't work out that that a move is comes at the end of the I season. I do think that he's going to stay, but go ahead. Okay. Is it established head coach that they go after? Do they go after the the hot assistant and let him let's let somebody build something cuz it's going to take a minute. Well, I think or I say that in today's football it might not take a minute. Well, first thing is I think Allen is probably tied to Harson at this point. Allen Green. Allen Green is mm-hmm. probably tied to, tied to Harson. Okay. So then you're going to have to get an AD first. All right, so I would think if something happens and Allen gets let go or something out of the blue in the middle of the season, you know it's probably not going to end well. Sure. All right, but long as that doesn't happen, he will be the first one to go. And so if he goes, then you can probably expect, but Allen does a good job too. But at the end of the day, you have to be careful what you ask for. Like, there's nothing wrong with hiring the guy. Cool. If that's what you want to do, I'm all about it. But you got to let the guy do his job. You, but, just so because you, he does it differently so you doesn't mean Harson, it's not going to work. You think Harson survives? I do. So that means eight wins. Whatever it is. I don't. I can't look. I know what it looks like on paper. I get it. But I've also been around the place. It looks so bad on paper, man. It does. It does. And I can't, I can't sit here and justify it in any way. But just the fact that over the course of history, ever since I have been alive, every sure. time you think they're going to suck, they end up being good. And every time you think they're going to be good, they suck. I mean, it's just, I mean, what, there's been like one year when you thought they were going to be really good, and they and they were, and that was the uh, Ronnie, when you were covering them back in the Ronnie Brown yeah, days. Yeah, Ronnie Brown, Carnell, Jason Campbell. But the year they won the national championship, I don't even think they were ranked going into the season or something crazy. It was weird when Cam Newton. I can tell you this, when the Arkansas State Red Wolves yeah. had the ball first and 10 at the 18-yard line with the lead late in the third quarter, I wouldn't have gone out there and said, man, that's the national champion right there. <laughs> And they and then Cam Newton decided to be Cam Newton, and they win the rest of the game. Nothing against T.J. Finley, who I'm sure is a fine young man. I just don't think that there's any scenario where T.J. Finley pulls a Cam Newton. 
Oh no, no, there's no. That's a don't. I I wouldn't compare. Yeah, I mean, he's, I just, I'm just saying he's I, generational. It's diff, it's difficult for me to find the path for for Harson to win. Like if if you told me Harson wins seven games, wins eight games, okay, is that enough? Because, Absolutely, I think because if he goes to the whole game is enough. Well, if that's the standard, I think he's probably fine. I think he's good enough for another year. I don't yeah. think they run him out now. If he goes four and eight, well, sure. But and frankly, if you're the people making the decisions, you want you either want like nine wins or four wins. You you don't want that middle ground where you're like, what do we do? Yeah, but you Pur- can't. Mi- middle ground's purgatory. Last year was his first year. Am I wrong on that? Yes, first year. You're correct. I'm correct on that. You're correct, guys. And I I can't. And I know we're fans. Malzahn here. left after the 2020 season to yeah. go to UCF. I'm walking proof here. Okay, I've said it. You've heard me. I said it earlier in the interview. You can't give a guy one year and go, by gosh, dadgummit, we didn't get it done. Now, you're going to bring in a guy that's doing things completely different than what you've but been doing. But that's not why that happened. That, that didn't happen because of what happened on the field. That happened because he, he wasn't playing the Auburn game. That's what I'm saying. But you, you knew that when you hired him. It wasn't a surprise. Well, they didn't hire him. You know exactly what happened because you know the people. The reason, I mean, I come we on. were dancing here. I, well, I mean, we can dance. We were dancing. We can, you were supposed to be my dance partner. We can dance, but, uh, I mean, at some point, I mean, they were they were firing Gus Malzahn to hire Kevin Steele, and Alan Green didn't play along. Okay, but then when he actually went to go hire the guy, I mean, he brings a, a particular guy. To, my point is this, is you got the guy, he's your dude. Okay, he is your head coach. And so I got this, like, crazy idea. I think all fans should learn this. Okay. okay. All right. How about supporting your effing head coach that you have until he's not your head coach? It'll make things a lot easier, and you'll win a lot more games. You know what? Listen, I'm in the media, and I I, I, I can sell drama, so I'm totally against that. Yeah. You like how I said effing instead of the word, though? I did. It was good. You're I'm, a step I'm in the right direction. I'm maturing, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't want that. I like I – like, Drama's good, man. Yeah. Hey, Grind, I know you're saying his recruiting classes are ass, but how do we really know that? I thought he was saying his recruiting ass is his recruiting sucks he says peaches. Sucks, that sucks ass. I thought he said sucks peaches. That's, that's I hate peaches. Yeah, but like you like peaches? I I love them. If you ever picked them all summer, you wouldn't like them anymore. Chilton County, baby. That's right. Yeah. Well Ruston is known for its peaches. Is it really? Yeah. Did Big not time. know that. Mitchum Peach Orchard. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I like peaches. But like I mean, again, we're, we can't – he's recruiting guys to his system to wait. Let him do his job. And I don't know if you've noticed, but his recruiting has been decent this year. I, I mean, it's let the guy do his job. And then, look, we'll all know at the end of the year, if it's working, it's working. If it's not, it's not. But, you know, he's got to make a culture change, completely different guy. And it's kind of like Jeff Collins, who we'll get to in a minute. But, like, you've got to let the people do their job and, and until they can't do the job. All right, Jeff Collins, Georgia Tech. Yep. So, Collins is nine and twenty-five overall, seven and eighteen in the ACC in his three seasons. So very hard job. Like it's kind of like the next guy that go to Alabama after Nick. There's nowhere to go. I mean, he's taken over a triple option team, a complete overhaul of players. Yeah. Um, look, they took like seventeen dudes in the portal. I think that's the number. I'm sure it's out there. Somebody can fact check me on that. I think 17 was the number. Okay. Um, I expect them to be better. Is it enough? I don't know what enough is. Um, they could. I have. I don't know. He's uh, but he's 
he didn't get dumber overnight. It's just a tough situation. Scott Satterfield at Louisville. I, see, I fight back at that one. Scott Satterfield um, had five great years at App State. One of the best coaches I've ever coached against. Won eight in his first season uh, at Louisville after the, uh, the Petrino disaster. Took a step backwards in 2020, went four and seven. I'm telling you, I wish people would stop referring to the 2020 season. It was such a bizarre, stupid year. Just throw it away. It's tough. I don't know how people did it. And then last year they went six and seven, capped by a 31-point loss to, um, to Kentucky and then a bowl loss to Air Force. So he's 18 and 19 overall at, at Louisville. We talked about it a little bit last, last week that I got, I got uh, educated on. Apparently I didn't know enough about the Egg Bowl and the Iron Bowl, so I got educated on that. Um, but anyway, Louisville and Kentucky, uh, they don't like each other either now. Um, that game carries weight in that series. Yeah, I it mean, does. big time. Sure. Um, Summerall gave me a – John Summerall gave me a whole rundown on that one day. Um, that's probably that's, – that's a big game in that, in that situation. But Scott Satterfield – who are you going to hire better than Scott Satterfield? <laughs> don't say it. He's a good – I mean, my point is this. Is he is a try him. I know, but he is a great – I saw you over there, though. I liked it. I see you. Yeah. Um, but he, he is a phenomenal ball coach, and I've had to coach against him. And what he built at App State, that doesn't happen. And they're still winning about on his guys. And there's a guy at Missouri right now that's the head coach at Missouri because of Scott Satterfield, period. Yeah. He's not on this list somehow. But there's a guy, there's a guy at Missouri that's the head coach right now because of Scott Satterfield. It's interesting he's not on the hot, he's not on the list because he's not. I done, was not I was surprised. Who, well, year three too. I mean that's where we're at these days. You got three years to show something, or your ass is grass. There was a day when Syracuse was like a really big program. Paul Pasqualoni. I remember they came yeah. to Auburn and won. I think I remember covering Auburn. That's the infamous tie game, Pat uh, Pat die tie game. The, no, this was the, later. This was I know, but I'm saying that. Oh yeah, Paul Pasqualoni. Um, Auburn went up there in 2001 when I was on the beat. And and lost. Who was the defensive end from Syracuse? He went on to play for the Colts forever. He was really really good. Freeney. Yeah, Freeney. Was it Feeney or Feeney? Freeney. It was Freeney. Freeney. And Auburn had a freshman tackle. Who? Let's just say that at the end of that game, Jason Campbell was was. He was hurting. Well, and he was probably his head was on a swivel on the plane. He wasn't the only look, one that looking for Freeney. That no. dude hurt a lot of people. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And that was that was a game that probably got. Uh, Noel Mazzoni fired, and he's like, it's a freshman quarterback. What the hell do you expect? I mean, you know, we've got stuff going on. All right, so Dino Babers on the hot seat at Syracuse. Yeah. I, I mean, I get it. I just don't think that job's very good yeah. anymore. Goes back to what we just talked about is before you go and, like, everybody wants, and fans especially, they want to make a knee-jerk reaction with fire the guy, okay? I think we went through that here in this town with another sport. Okay, fire the guy. Fire the guy, fire the guy, fire the guy. Well, time out. Who are you better when you go to fire, in my opinion? If I was an AD, which I wanted to be. I know that sounds crazy. I actually want to do that one at one point in time. If you go to hire somebody, you better make sure that you got the guy ready to freaking go. Like, I don't – if I was an AD, I would never fire a coach unless I knew who was coming through the door, ever. And he better be coming through the door. I think we've seen that happen the wrong way a bunch enough. Some other coaches on the hot seat, uh, Marcus Arroyo at UNLV, Seth Luttrell at, at – uh, I don't think Seth is. At North Texas. I'm just reading the oh. story. Uh, Scott Leffler at Bowling Green, Jeff Scott at USF, and no. Jake Spavital at uh, Texas State. Jake needs to win. Um, he's been there, what is his fourth year maybe? 
one, Co- two, three. This is four, maybe his fourth year. Um, they've gone heavy portal. But it's, he's in a tough league and a tough division. Coaches under pressure. It's a more interesting conversation. Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. Eh, not yet. Mike Norvell at Florida State. Yes, but for the wrong reasons. All right, we'll get to that in a second. Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. Yeah, rich people problems. Uh, Mac Brown at North Carolina. He's going to retire. A guy who I love, man. I, I love David Shaw at Stanford. I mean, he's like, like if I were an AD, he would be on my list. If you said go get a guy, I might go get him. I that's kind of like Vandy, dude. I mean, like you, you people. That's tough to recruit there. They've done enough. Like, who are you going to get better than David Shaw? I, I, I can't even imagine firing David Shaw. He's so sharp. Um, I just I like him a bunch. Another one, Neil Brown at West Virginia. I think he's a really good coach. Agree. I mean, you know, he's seventeen and eighteen. 11 and 15 in the Big 12 during his, his uh, three seasons at West Virginia. Hey, let me, let me but start. again, man, when, when, when you start in 2020 with all that COVID crap, I just I think you got to throw that out from an evaluation standpoint. All right, so do you uh, do you play, uh, do you or have you played poker before? Um, not really. I mean, I, I've played some, but could I, you play if you? He had to. I would need a refresher before I got started. All right. So if uh, I made this thing on your board the other day, is you may get dumber by listening to this, but coaching football coaches are a lot like poker players. And what I mean by this is, if you go to the World Series of Poker, yeah. you got all these famous. I mean, the I mean, considered the best poker players in the world. Okay. But when they have the World Series of Poker and there's ten thousand people playing in it, you never see Phil Hellmuth or Phil Ivey win the damn thing. Not anymore because there's so many people. Okay. All right. If you if you get dealt pocket aces every hand, guess what? You're gonna win a lot of hands. Yeah. Now the good ones can take pieces of shit. Hey mom. That's three. And win a few more games and get a little bit more out of it. But you're you're at liberty of what kind of cards you have. And so how you develop players and recruit players. You know, I know this is a shocker to everybody, but what league, if I, as a journalist, if I asked you what league cheats the most, what would you say? The SEC. Hey, and if I ask you this, what league is the best in college football? What would you say? The SEC. Who cheats the second most? The Big Ten. Who's the second best league in the in the country? The Sun Belt. I mean, the Big Ten. Oh, but you get what I'm saying? Yes, of course. Okay, so a lot of times these coaches go places, they don't get dumber overnight. It's either the resources or the the resources you can take that anyway. And I mean, I'm not talking about facilities. Well, Clark Lee's a good example. Yeah. Clark's a really good Great coach. coach. And, oh, we got to get a new coach out of here. No, you don't need to get a new coach. You need to get better resources. Yeah. Like, if I had something to say to somebody, if I could go out, which I am now, just nobody's listening. All right. Nobody, I hope nobody in NCAA is listening. If I was an AD, it wouldn't be, hey, by gosh, we need to get a new football coach. It'd be, hey, by gosh, we need to get a re- better resources because you probably already got a good coach. Like Brian Harson doesn't get to Auburn because he doesn't know what he's doing. He's a good football coach. How about giving the guy the resources he needs to win? If that's really what you want to do, hey, I got an idea. Okay. Instead of writing up, especially in today's world, we're going to talk legal here. Here, if instead of paying me nine, paying us nineteen point three million dollars because you're pissed, you're pissed and you don't and you're you're upset about what happened. 
instead of writing us a check for $19.3 million to get his ass out of here, how about write me a check for $19.3 million to this collective, and let's see what happens to the football record. Well, that's one of the things that's going to be interesting moving forward is when you take that money that are in these buyouts, someone's, someone will say, you know, if we have that money laying around, if we put it, some of it in the collective, we just might make something happen. If I ever miss something, you tell me, you ask me every once in a while, hey, did you miss it? Let me tell you what I would miss. Because you know we were really good at the relationship part of the recruiting. Yeah. As good as you could get. Yeah. Well, give me, give me some legal money. Let me go to work. You think some some recruiting battles would have changed? I'd have had some Philadelphia Eagles on my team. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? You like I played the game. I danced. Do you like that? Yeah, that's good. That's a good little pirouette. That's very good. There's plenty of people on the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is on the Eagles. He is. He's not who you were referencing. No, he's not. <laughs> not him on the right side of the ball. <laughs> you like that, huh? Yeah. Been a little better at linebacker, you're saying? Uh, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just at the end of the day, man, I mean, if you want to let's, – let's stop firing coaches. If you want to pay the money to fire them, put it in the collective. Let's see what happens. And I don't care who you are because you don't get to this level being, a, being not a good football coach. There's too many – there's too many – you know, we've already jumped all of our hurdles, our growing pains. Carl Durrell at Colorado, Justin Wilcox at Cal. I like Wilcox. I think he's pretty good. Well, Cal's a very similar deal to Stanford. I think you got to be careful what you do there. Um, they've they've bounced a couple out that didn't need to. I think Durrell at Colorado um, is fighting uphill battle this year. Uh, Ryan Silverfield at Memphis is the other one. Interesting. Um, look, my man, my man Charles Clark, um, still at uh, at Memphis. I want them to do well. Um, I pull from my buddies. Uh, I'd be interested to see. I think they got a big year for them. But, again, it hasn't been really long enough, right? I mean, give the guy another year at worst. But he's not doing bad. I mean, the guy's winning games. I, think I still don't know what you can do there. Yeah, I mean, the, here's the problem. Like, he's kind of like the guy, the next guy that follows Saban. I mean, they literally, with Norvell, go to the – get a New Year's Six game, right? And now you're going to have to – I mean, you're replacing that at Memphis? Well, no, like like the the right, this says you know it's one of the more coveted group of five jobs is it Memphis? It, yeah, yeah, because of the money, okay, paycheck. He's fourteen and ten, eight and eight in the AAC since taking over for Norvell, which is a good league, by the way, for that group of five league. Why can't Norvell get it turned around at Florida State? What's going on there? <sighs> Big year. Um, I don't know. You know, the thing for me, and it wasn't just Norvell's before Norvell. They stopped when Jimbo left. They're recruiting. Took yeah. a weird turn. Willie Taggart was nine and twelve. Uh, Norvell is uh, eight and thirteen in twenty one games. They it was recruiting, right? I mean, you. I remember when I was at Alabama, we would have these uh, triggers that told us to evaluate a kid or whatever it was. Well, it was all the SEC schools. If any SEC school offered a kid minus Vandy, we it triggered an immediate evaluation, and then we added like Ohio State, you know, Michigan. Uh, USC, and then Florida State was on that list. Um, and they're not anymore. And something something took a, a turn. It's almost like they went, I think Florida's one of those states, and I could be dead wrong, but Florida's kind of one of those states is why are you leaving the state to go recruit? I mean, you have 380 to 420 kids um, a year coming out of there. If you can't find 25 out of 420 and you're an in-state school, that's kind of what happened with Texas. 
people can say what they want to. When Texas started going downhill is when they started recruiting out of state. What's interesting about Norvell is there's that name that looms, right, at Florida State, Deion Sanders. And I'm just telling you, you've got people that you got people there that want to go there, and he has sold this narrative that look what I can recruit at Jackson State. Imagine what I could recruit at Florida State. I know it would be a disaster. But I'm just telling you, watch. If they get off to a really bad start, that buzz is going to come. It's coming. Oh, wow. Um, Not me advocating for it. I'm just telling you that's going to happen. That's going to be a storyline this season. So you might as well start preparing to talk about it. If Florida State gets off to a bad start, we're going to be talking about the whole Dion thing. It's coming. Yeah. Um, Wow. If the... I guess the best way to put this is when you're working at a smaller job, you don't have a microscope on you. Yeah. And you go get a, like, every once in a while, I'll, I, may, I may or may not hear um, somebody talk about a group of five coach. And man, look at this job that they're doing. It's amazing. And I'm sitting there going. <laughs> Just wait, right. Because they could be cheating their ass off doing some things. There's a group of five coach. They got a lot of credit for doing a really good job in coaching. That broke so many NCAA rules and eligibility standards that we all knew it, but it's like we're not going to play them. Who cares? And all good. But when you start going and you get at the bigger schools and, hey, you know, that 20-hour-a-week rule, I mean, you got compliance coming around. You're, there's a lot of things that you can't do that you're getting away with at your smaller school. Um, and I'm not saying that with, with Dion, excuse me, Coach Sanders. Um, that's for you, Nick Suss. Um, that's still, I, I think of that every time I say Nick Saban or Dion. Um, yeah, he, I don't, I would, it's a totally different environment. It's not about, I mean, who's he, who's he recruited? He's recruited two kids, right? His son was one of them and they recruited Travis Hunter kid. Yeah. Travis Hunter was the name I was trying to think. So of. I don't know. I, I think at the end of the day, um, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't hire him. He's good where he's at. All right, we're an hour and ten in on a day where we have a hard stop. What's got, our hard stop? Uh, hour twenty, about three twenty. Yeah, we got about ten minutes left. If you got what else you want to get to today? Um, you want to talk about youth football coaches? <laughs> sure. <laughs> or we got. Uh, I'm just joking. Um, or we can talk about the playoff. Is that going to be longer than ten minutes? Let's tease both, and then we'll, right. that'll tease us into the Thursday show. Yeah, so youth football coaches, um, you may or may not have seen my tweet on Saturday. I had a – it's going to my son's scrimmage Saturday morning, parked, and there was a youth football team out there practicing on a different field, and I was just trying to enjoy my biscuit meal. I got a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit and threw a little grape jelly on it. It was really good. My nice cup of coffee. And there were two, there was there were three coaches, but you had like, I don't know, they looked like they were eight or nine-year-old kids. And they had a 20-yard split between the two kids, and they're running them head-on into each other. And they have all this space. And then the guy's out there trying to, like, coach them up. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I, I, I came so close to getting out of my car, but I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. Um, but there's like, you got to do, and they were trying to show them how to form tackle. And that told me everything I needed to know is because that guy right there, whoever's teaching them that, has never tackled anyone in space in their life. Because you can't form tackle someone with 60 feet of space 
in between the two of you? So I'm of the opinion that tackle football below the age of seventh grade is somewhat unnecessary. I used to not be on that team, okay? Okay. I'm every time I see one of these TikTok videos or Instagram videos, oh I just I literally saw one on Twitter. Twitter reminded me of it. I saw one on my Twitter feed five minutes before we started the show of these guys I don't even call them coaches anymore. They're hype men that want to want to video. First of all, if you're videoing that drill, if you're the guy that's videoing, you know what's about to happen. You know that this kid is about to run over another kid and you're trying to get views or clicks. And I still don't understand why you would use kids as pawns like that. I mean, well, I, that's I, the I point is they, they don't, they're like, you know, Oh, well, I got my bell rung when I was at age. Sure you did, but that doesn't make it right. Two wrongs don't make it right. That's my point. And, and, if you want to teach kids, and look, my, and look, I, I battle it at my house, okay? As good as the game of football has been to me, all right? And my wife knows everything we have. Every asset that we have in our life is because of the game of football. She met me when I was a player. Sure. Every dollar I have ever made in this sport has come. We've been together. Sure. Every penny. Sure. And as much as she knows that, I have to battle her for my kid, my 14-year-old to play football. I've had to battle the whole time. I am convinced my first, you know, you learn as you as you get older than your kids, I'm convinced that my oldest son doesn't like sports because I made him play football when we were in Tuscaloosa and he played for one of these guys and it ruined it, it ruined it for him. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be a coach and I, I wouldn't, if you're a high school coach listening, which we actually have a lot because I got a couple of text messages the other day. I think you should go to your youth, maybe have it in the summertime, bring all of your youth coaches in and, and teach them how to coach. Coach the coaches and teach them the drills that's going to make the kids better. Because that right there is – Wouldn't you rather as a seventh as – a, as a running a high school program, wouldn't you rather they just all wait till they get to the seventh grade where you can start teaching fundamentally at that point? Yeah, I think – Are you protecting the kids also at that point? Yeah, I used to be this big proponent against flag football. I used to be this big proponent because I think I don't like the way it teaches you to stop your feet at contact because mm-hmm. that's how you get hurt in football. Right. If you stop at the point of contact when you get older, you're going to get your ass hurt. Yeah. Okay. You got to run through contact. Right. Um, and so I hate the fact that you settle your feet. It teaches you bad habits, but at the same time, you're not getting any good habits. And and I, and I should say this. That's what I mean. This so, is not all football. All youth football coaches. Some of, of them do not. a great job. And I and I know I wanted to say that because I know how much you hate being collected in. But sure. But. The more and more I see is like every time I watch a practice, it's like I, I want to pull my hair out. I'm like, you're ruining that kid's experience playing the game, and you wonder why numbers are down. And numbers are way down. Or yeah, numbers are down. Numbers are way down. And it's a great game, man. It is a great game, and I can't. And I and I started playing at a young age, and I was fine. But also, if you can't tell by the eighth episode of this podcast, I'm a little messed up. You know, I'm a different bird. Okay, but. And normal people probably would not have made it this far. All right. Like I'm, I'm a little messed up. Like I like pain. Okay. I don't know if you knew that. I enjoy pain. Um, that explains some things. It does explain it does. some things. Like I love contact, man. I mean, I love it. I mean, I, it, I, I like, I could go right now. I mean, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> I mean, I'm with it. Don't, don't come hit me right now. No, I, I got, won't, I got but, a lot of stuff going on right here and it, it would break and yeah, but it's but when you're doing that stuff with those kids, like not every kid's wired like that. Now you will have, you can see at that age, you can tell the the crazy kids, okay. But not every kid's wired like that. How about like and not every good football player is crazy. 
There's a lot of really good football players, including guys who play defense who are not nuts. Correct. Now, you got, you got plenty of them. That's, sure. That's probably 50-50. Um, but when you get in, you know, you know who those guys are. The same guy gets a targeting call every time. Do you know who my favorite one was? It was an Ole Miss guy I love to this day. Trey Elston. Oh, dude. yeah. <laughs> that dude. He loved him. So, I mean, he was a targeting call waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love me some Trey Elston. I mean, I really do. Him and uh, – Cody Pruitt, we had here. Trey Trey has joked about how the 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 cut the uh, targeting rules would have. I remember like his freshman year, he got thrown out like the UTEP game. Yeah, it was like week two. Yeah, <laughs> he's and he had to miss the uh, Texas game. Yeah, but he. I mean, but I, I really um, he's wired. Trey and, and you know, probably not coincidence. <laughs> Trey and I drank the same water, so we're from the same area. So yeah, we're probably both a little messed up a little bit, but. Right, the other thing we're going to tease is the playoff. There's, there seems to be at least momentum out out there in the periphery about, hey, you know, when we go to this playoff thing, which is inevitable, don't do 12, do 16. I've been saying it from the jump. I don't know, um, and I have video evidence now, that, or audio evidence. You can go back to the very, when they started mentioning this. I have been 16 from the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's, I have a different 16. Okay. I have a different plan. Right, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll t- get into that. We'll, we'll tease next this. Time. Yeah, you have a different plan that involves. I, I think I think we can build an entire show around it on Thursday. That's scary. There will be some other things, but I have some. I I, I generally agree with you, but I do have some reservations. So we we can, no, I, I and I know. Yeah, well, it's going to be a good podcast. So we will talk about that on uh, Thursday. We'll get back with you Thursday afternoon with. Episode 9 of McCready and Siski. Thanks to everybody for uh, being in the stream. Again, thanks to uh, Rain. Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and to achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Hit them up in their uh, DMs on Instagram, Twitter. Make sure you tell them you appreciate them sponsoring this show, making it possible. We sure do. And uh, everybody likes to hear that they're appreciated. So keep buying rain. My man Bob at Monster is fired up. Good. He's fired up. That's the the point. 18%, man. That's that's a big jump in four weeks. That's absolutely awesome. So we'll be back on Thursday with another edition of McCready and Siski. Until then, you guys take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.